Welcome to Breakout, your number one NFL fantasy podcast from Down Under. Stats, analysis, and all you need to dominate your NFL fantasy season. And we're back. A new season, a new name, and it's a brave new world. Welcome to Breakout, the only NFL fantasy podcast from Australia that you need to know about. I'm Joel Bunkel, and joining me today, my trusty co-host, Mark Ringritsky. Mark, how are you? I'm loving life, Joel. We're back. The NFL's back this year, and it's it's going to be a great season. How are you feeling? Uh, It's felt like a long break, especially this year. 2020 has felt like a long break in between seasons. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I've got we've got a great uh, a great couple episodes to kick off the the season. We're doing some some rankings. We're going to start today with our running back rankings, and we're going to do wide receivers in our next episode. A um, few players, few new players to consider this year. Yeah, it's all pretty much hype now. No one knows what's going to happen, do we? We're trusting the coaches. Um, no preseason games, so it's going to be more important to listen to the podcast and make sure you do your um, homework. I think. And speaking of homework, I think we should just get straight into this now because um, I've pumped for this. I've spent a fair bit of time over the last couple of weeks putting together my running back rankings. Um, so why don't we just kick it off? We'll get yep, into it. Let's get into it. All right. So let's start. I mean, the um, how we're going to do this is we've got uh, essentially the ADP, which is the average draft position of each player. Um, they've kind of what is dictating like the quote-unquote consensus rankings from the world at the moment. This is where these players are being taken in the world. Um, and then Mark and I have both ranked uh, the players of where we think they should be taken, um, given you know, opportunity and talent. Um, so there's some players that we're hot on. There's some players that we're not on. There's some players that we don't understand uh, why they're going so high in the draft. Who knows what's going on, hey? These That's experts it. are putting them there. And if you uh, let that clock go, you might get someone who's not going to perform. Now, Mark, have we got any surprises at number one? No surprises. No surprises. The Panthers keep it up. CMC dominates, doesn't he? He does. Um, I, I don't even know if there's much to talk about here. Um, I think he's consensus uh, number one all around. The receiving really adds a lot to his game. Um, he's probably going to be the number one pick in a lot of drafts this year. I would be shocked if anyone didn't take McCaffrey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so overall, the number two running back on the ADP is Saquon Barkley. You've got him at two, and I've got him at three. Is that because so, you're a Dallas fan, or? Well, mate, uh, just because uh, my Zeke Zeke is uh, my number two, that's not the only reason. Um, I think that's the difference. We're, we're, we're you're you're Barkley Elliot. I'm Elliot Barkley. Um, I'm Elliot because he just don't bust. The boy is uh, consistent. Hasn't had a bust game. Not even uh, CMC can say that in the uh, in the last season. By the way. And I think the, my only concern with Barkley and why he's my number three uh, is just the injury concerns. I but, thought you were going to um, say it's because he didn't have COVID. <laughs> well, that's the plus side. You know, Zeke's had the COVID, you know, sweet. You know, he's going to have to worry about that for the rest of the season now. He's not going to be missing weeks. Um, but look, let's be honest. If you got uh, Barkley or Elliot in your draft, you're probably pretty happy, aren't you? Yeah, and I think, uh, not to harp on Barkley too much, but people forget, when you look at his stats, he's still averaging over 1,000 yards rushing. You know, he's got 1,000 yards catching. He gets a lot of TDs. And the Giants put a pick two on him. So they're going to want to make sure they get an investment on him, um, given they could have grabbed QB. So, yeah, I think he's going to get a lot of the rock. So either way, you're going to win. That's it. Um, four and five. Um, 
the uh, consensus ADP is uh, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, and you have them ranked that way. I just have them flipped again. So I'm Cook ahead of Kamara. Um, why, why do you like Kamara? Uh, well, I was just about to ask you, Joel, do you think there's any risk with him given last year he had a down year? Like, are people a bit shaky on him at four, you think? I think so. I mean, like, you would have picked him at, what, two or th- three or four maybe last year, even some as high as two last year? Some as high as two, yep. Um, and that's a bus pick. That that would have hurt your season considerably. Um and so for me, when I go into the draft, I don't want to take any risks with my first pick. I've been burned in previous years, and my whole philosophy now is like, you've got to pick the safest pick that's on the table. And if it means you you don't take a risk on someone like Kamara, who's had a bit of an injury history, he's also not the whole offense. And that's why I love Dalvin Cook at four for me, because that whole Vikings offense is built through him. Um, Madison's his backup, but um, you know he's not eating too much time out of, uh, out of Cook's game. Yeah, but new offensive coordinator, they might not run the ball as much. Um, Kirk Cousins has definitely shown that he can throw, and they gave him the new contract. Um, and I think, you know, Calvin Kamara, you know, he was in the discussion as good as CMC two years ago. He can run and catch. He's one of those big playmakers. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I think this is like, there's probably those top three running backs, so like the first tier, and maybe even CMC is a little bit of his own, but like those three the tier, but... You start to introduce a bit of risk when you get to Kamara and Cook, don't you? And like those two uh, guys in particular around their injuries. Yeah, and even the next guy, you know, I think what's the next guy is uh, Henry. Yeah, Derek Henry. So um, he's at six in the consensus. You've got him at six. Uh, I've got him at eight. Why is that, um, Joel? Well, there's no doubt the guy's a beast. Let's be honest. Like he's a um, he's a king, he's a beast of a man. He's a king. <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> Um, he's a massive like volume player. Um, you know, he's probably going to get you a hundred yards a game just cause like he's going to get fed. Um, but he almost needs to score the touchdowns and he had 16 this year. And if he does 16 again this year, he'll be a very good, a very good pick. And he's one of those guys though, like for his status in the game, he didn't get the big contract. He didn't hold out for it. He's dominated for the last year and a half, but we're still only talking about him at six and eight. Yeah, I mean, it. I think it's kind of, you know, when you look at the big dollars, they're going to those um, almost new type running backs where, you know, they've got the pass catching element in their game as well. And I think that's maybe what, um, you know, Derek Henry misses out on a little bit. Um, you know, he he's very like Marshawn Lynch, right? Like just big man, just has like an incredible, just the way he moves around, you know, through the field and dances through players. Awesome. Um, doesn't have, and especially, you know, we are talking generally from like a half point PPR league where receptions do add like a significant amount of uh, points each week. And, um, you know, if he got more of them out of the back, perfect. Um, if this was, if we're talking standard scoring and receptions weren't a big deal, then oh, I think he's, you know, he's probably top three or four for me. And I still think if you're sitting there at six, you got Derrick Henry or a top wide receiver. I'm probably leaning towards a top wide receiver, and I don't know why. Like I said before, you said he got 16 touchdowns. He's an absolute stud. He's King Henry, but uh, I don't know. I've got my questions on him, and I don't think I'd be taking him that high overall, but he's definitely a top you know, seven running back for fantasy. Yeah, I think um, how you value him is really somewhat linked and correlated to how you value the Titans this year. 
you know, does Tannehill march on? Do the Titans stay as good of a team as they were last year? Or uh, do things change and does it go back and then are there less goal line touches? Well, let's They're see in the next the- couple of weeks with uh, where we got AJ Brown and um, uh, Tannehill. Are they top 20 wide receiver QB combos? If they're in our top 20, top 10, then I think we're pretty high on them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it's a good question. Um, so the next guy in the rankings, consensus number seven, um, is I think someone that's uh, a little bit overrated. And I think you agree with me here too, Mark. Joe Mixon from the Bengals. Joe Mixon at seven. seven. At seven. You're joking, right? No, that's the uh, the consensus ADP at the moment, uh, or the, the consensus RB ranking on Mixon at the moment. I can see how Trump got in in America, because they're putting Mixon in at seven. That is a joke. <laughs> You've got him at 12. I've got him at 13. Um, talk to me about Joe Mixon. Well, he's got no competition. He finished RB 13 last year. Um, Bengals are going to want to protect their number one pick, so I can see that he's going to get a lot of carries, um, and they've built up their own line, but... They're still a terrible team. He's just one of those guys who gets 20 touches a game, maybe hits 100 yards every second week, but he doesn't do much, does he? I'm really conflicted on Mixon because it depends which one we're getting. I think if you look back at last year, he had a very poor start to the season. His first half of the season was terrible. And then his finish, his last half, was really good. And the difference between that floor and ceiling is huge. So... It depends. If he kind of found himself in the last half of that season and this is the form that people are banking and this is why he's sitting up so high in ADP and RB rankings um, and he brings that form, um, then he might win you your league. What about Joe Barra though? AJ Green's back. You know, are, you giving, are they going to take away from his uh, amount of carries? I mean, AJ Green was only like in this last week or two just seen running. So... Um, I think there's still some question marks over AJ Green and his impact this year. Um, there was a lot of talk last year about him coming back, and he never did. Um, so look, it's always a risk. I think banking on a team that is probably not going to be that good this year. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, when you're there, there at your fantasy and he's sitting there um, in the first round, the one thing you got to like about him is he's going to get a lot of carries. It's hard to find a bell cow this year. And when there's a team where there's no number two and he's clearly going to get a lot of carries, that's going to be a positive for anyone who drafts him. Speaking of number twos, a team that clearly has one is the Cleveland Browns. Um, Nick Chubb, the consensus RB8. Uh, you've got him at seven. You like him a little bit more than, uh, than most. And I've got him at 12. So this is probably the first one we've had a significant difference on between us. Um, so what is it that you like about Chubb? Uh, I just love that they're getting the Browns OC as a new head coach. And we saw what he did with Cook last year. He He's a run-first uh, coach. So I'm all in on the Browns offense. I think they're going to improve. Baker's not talking the talk this year. He's going to let his uh, play finally do something. I'm not too worried about That means they want to give Chubb a lot of the ball. And he's an absolute gun. He can hit the secondary and just keep going and get those 30-yard runs. So, yeah, I'm hot on Chubb. Mm. And I'm the opposite way because I think he loses with Hunt on the team. Uh, I think Hunt is too good of a running back not to get significant time. And I don't think it's necessarily going to be an equal timeshare. Like I think, you know, Chubb is the RB1, but I feel like it's it's an RB1A, 1B scenario rather than a clear 1-2. And, you know, when you add that into like Chubb only had two rushing touchdowns in the second half of last season. 
And he was getting the same amount of opportunities as what CMC was getting. So he had the volume. It was the touchdown efficiency that wasn't really coming through. So that's my only concern. Is he going to get vultured at, at, the, at the, the touchdown line again this year, uh, like he did in the second half of last season? Or is something going to change? And if something does change, then I think, you know, you're probably right and I've got him a bit low. But I think with, you know, the amount of potentially good offense pieces on that team, that I think he maybe drops a little bit in value this year. Yeah, I don't think they're going to trust Baker to throw to those weapons. So they're going to throw a lot. And my question is, will the Browns do better last year? Yes. Will their offense score more? Yes. And then how many touches does Chubb need to recreate what he did last year probably you know 15 touches a game i think he'll still get that so yeah i've still got him in uh at seven number eight no that's yeah no so that was eight consensus number nine is josh jacobs you've got him at nine so you've got him right at consensus i've got him at seven you love him i love him i like i think um he's one of these players this year that can make the jump and with the raiders um potentially losing you know some of their offense in you know tyrell williams and whatnot indefinitely out and uh there are like a lot of rookie receivers on that team and the ones that have come through in the draft so i think they're going to look for a bit of stability and i think they're going to look to jacobs um to make that leap this year and you know he was pretty unlucky last year not to you know kyla won rookie of the year but could have easily gone to jacobs i think it was out of out of two of them you're not worried that uh he's going to get his fame and fortune in vegas and start uh showing up with the showgirls no that's just incentive to do better. <laughs> no, there's no doubt about it. Josh Jacobs is going to be gun this year. He carried that offense. Derek Carr's rubbish. He's you know he'll be top twenty. He'll be top ten for sure. I think you can really ride or die on Josh Jacobs. Number ten consensus ten is Kenyon Drake. You've got it. You don't rate Drake at all. You got him at twenty. That's 10, 10 under consensus. I've got him at nine. Um, I like him. So I, I want to know why why Drake is so so far down for you. I just think Kyler Murray, that's all you hear about with Cardinals this year. It's all Kyler, Kyler, Kyler. Can he win MVP? He's got Hopkins there. There's an air raid offense. Um, I think Kenyon had some huge games, but if you took those away from him, you know, where does he finish? So, yeah, I'm just not hot on him. I think they're, they're going to be a throw first, Kyler Murray first offense. Um, why are you so high on him? I, I am big on him. And he is someone that I would like, look generally like to take in my my draft as well. Um, you know, I've got him at nine. You know, he he won this job out from from David Johnson, but then also when Chase Edmonds came in, he had a couple of good weeks, and then he came in, he won the job from there as well. So, you know, the thing with uh, Kenyon Drake for me is, you know, he was the RB four from week nine onwards last season. So, you know, not quite half the season, but definitely became the preferred option, um, and definitely something that I like, and I think. The danger with the whole Cardinal situation is that it's almost the Brown situation of last year. The whole team's been hyped, but this is still a, tight, a team last year that, that finished 5, 10, and 1 on the season. They haven't put it all together yet. There's a lot of unknowns, and you know, when there's a lot of unknowns, much like in the Brown situations, you go to your certainties, and I think in this case, you know, the running back. and Kyler's going to be a bit of the X factor. I think Kyler's going to be good this year. And if he's good, then I think the offense is good, and I think there's plenty of scoring opportunities. What about you uh, skipped on him, but Chase Edmonds is a bloody good RB too, and there's going to be some concern that he'll steal some carries or Drake could get injured and it could be the Edmonds show. So I'd be hot on Edmonds over Drake if he was RB, uh, RB1, but let's see how we go, hey? Might be a bit of um, back and forth throughout the year and where he finishes. 
I mean, I think he won the job out clearly in the end last year. So, but I suppose you could say that with with anyone who gets injured, you know, throughout the season. And like, Kenny's been pretty good on the on the injury front compared to some others. I like him. I like him a lot. So, so number eleven, we're out of the top ten now. Tell us who's eleven in the consensus rankings, Mark. Edwards Hilaire, the uh, Chiefs running back. So, um, you know, I've got him at uh, fifteen. I think uh, he's going like top seven, top six in the ADP drafts. So. Obviously, Andy Reid, uh, Mahomes, people are on to him. Uh, you're loving him, Joel. I do. I have him at six. You got him at 15. I got him at six. There's almost 10 picks in between us. What, 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 aren't, you, what aren't you seeing here? What aren't you, uh, why aren't you getting in your picture that this guy is going to light the world on fire this year? Just there haven't been many first-round picks that have come in and dominated. You know, Barkley did it. Zeke did it. Are you telling me this guy at the end of the first round is going to do it? C-E-H? There is always a risk with, you know, with a rookie running back. But, look, rookie running backs are more likely to work out than receivers, I think, first round or not. I just, I just think you could literally not walk into a better scenario. You come into the highest scoring offense in the league. The resident number one running back says, I'm sitting out this situation for the sake of my family this year with COVID. Damien Williams putting the boots up. He walks right into a number one spot on a team that is going to use him. And I think the opportunities there, there's massive raps on, you know, there's a lot, massive raps on a lot of kids. But, you know, when you walk into that situation, it's, it's bloody made for you. It's coming out of Death Valley, but I just think, uh, who, like, they're going to do trick plays. Tyreek Hill's going to get carries. You got Hardman. There's a lot of people to share the ball there. Mahomes is going to throw a lot. You know, is he, how many bell cows? Oh, running back RB1s have come good in the last couple of years from the Chiefs. You know, Damian Williams was a massive, massive, massive bust last year. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But, you know, I think they've been looking for this. And like with all KC running backs, they're trying to find someone who can run the ball, but then also catch it as well. And I think he's got that skill set. And I think he's like well positioned above, you know, Darwin Thompson, essentially. You know, like I... Last one for me, Joel, and him is when when are you taking him in the live draft? Live draft. Oh, look! If if he's there, I mean, I, I'm probably picking at nine in our league of record mark. So I don't. I think he's gone by the time he gets to me. Wow. Um, but if he is there at nine, I I I will be taking him unless one of my uh, higher picks are there. So I love him. I think um, if you're going to take a risk, I think that's a good a good risk to be taking. All right, well, let's see how it pans out. All right, so number 12, Aaron Jones. The touchdown monster. Do we, do we feel, are we being unfair here to, to Aaron Jones? I mean, he was a what, top five, top three finishing running back last year. I think he almost broke a record. He had 19 touchdowns. Yeah. Um, you know, I suppose, so consensus has him at 12. Uh, you've got him at 18. I've got him at 11. I mean... It's kind of a, it's it's hard to doubt him because like he does put up, but like he is very boom or bust, right? The thing for me is they went and got drafted a RB in the second round. So AJ Dillon. Yep, AJ Dillon. So um, they clearly did that to share the load, or they're going to be a run first team by committee. You've got Montgomery there as well. Um, you know, he had this breakout year last year um, with the nineteen touchdowns, but he's going to be good this year. I don't know. I had him in my top 20 because of what he did, but I don't know if I'd be taking him at 12. Yeah. Look, 
I, th- I feel like I, I hated on him for a lot of last year. I, I continually called him boom or bust throughout the podcast last year. And um, he still finished really well. And like he, he, the thing is that if you've managed to pick up one of those really good, consistent RB1s in your first round of your draft, and he is on the board for your second pick, great option, I think. Because you get the stability of your RB1, and then you have Aaron Jones, who, you know, for for maybe half of the games of the year, could win you the game, just on his score alone. But you also had on last year on the Miami Dolphins, didn't you? And uh, Fitzmagic might have proved you wrong and won a few games. So who knows? You might be right. Yeah, I mean, they still didn't win in the division. <laughs> that would never go happen. Far. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, number thirteen. Uh, Miles Sanders, I know he's someone that has uh, a few a few people scratching their heads. Consensus 13, you've got him at 11, I've got him at 10. So we like him more than most people like him, but I feel like I still don't like him a lot. Yeah, he's exact, He's a Derrick Henry as well. He Last year in his last five games, he, averages, he averaged 21 fantasy points. He had 117 yards as well, so a good player. He catches the ball. Um, he's the RB1 out of Philadelphia. They're aggressive offense. So there's a lot to like, but for some reason, I just don't know if I love him. I don't know. I think Boston Scott is a lot of value in the later rounds of the draft as well. And there's a man that we're going to talk about next who I think is probably more value than perhaps Sanders, but I don't know why. The data points to a good season. This decision here, right? You know, there's these players that we're talking about, you know, in Jones, Sanders, and, you know, even the next guy, Austin Eckler from the Chargers. These are not guys who I want to be my RB1. Um, and it kind of like this is kind of where they're coming into the equation. You know, if you're you're, you're picking an RB up in the, your first draft and you're kind of coming back here, um, uh, you know, if you if you're getting Michael Thomas, you think, oh, great, I got Michael Thomas. But then one of these guys is going to be your RB one on the year. And like, how comfortable would you feel with that, Mark? I'd feel comfortable with Eckler, um, but yeah, Jones and Sanders, I agree with you. And uh, I need to think that you would need to sacrifice a bit more of the fan- fantasy gods because you're going to be in a pickle at nine with uh, most likely these guys still being there. And, yeah, do you feel comfortable or not banking on one of those guys? Yeah, that's what makes or breaks, hey? You get lucky and you get um, Sanders who has a good year and then you get a Kelsey or something with your next pick and boom, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think upside of... Um, Miles Sanders is that he's very clearly, I think, the top spot. I don't think Boston Scott's going to be challenging him too much for that. Um, and he's going to get the volume. But he just fits into the same category as Jones for me. Is that If you've got a really strong RB1 um, and you can afford to take a bit of a risk and there's not any you know, receivers that you really like in that high, that high echelon there at this stage, um, then he's a good option. That's where he sits for me. Do you think COVID will play into this at all as well with a shortened preseason? Teams will be willing to run a lot more at the start of the year. So taking a Jones or Sanders could really pay off in the early rounds and then maybe give you some trade value later on. Um, I don't know about that. I kind of, I, I buy into the, the effect on COVID for me is going to be teams are going to do what they've been doing. Um, you know, what's been working for them. They're just going to double down on that rather than necessarily taking a risk with something new. Um, so that's probably the, you know, the impact of COVID at the moment. Obviously, we, we hope we don't have a situation where certain players are sitting out for a couple of weeks with COVID, you know, restrictions and all that kind of stuff as well. So we're, well, I think we're all crossing our fingers at this stage just for a 
COVID free season. Mate, I've got my happen. toes crossed and everything. <laughs> I've been so excited for this. I've been wearing my New York Giants beanie to bed. Yeah, I mean, the odds aren't good. It's like, you know, you've got 50-odd players on every squad. Um, you've got a big support staff. If there was ever going to be a sport where they were going to struggle with COVID and not be able to control it like the NBA has in their bubble, NFL's the one. But let's let's focus on the positive things. Exactly, let's, let's just, move on. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about your man, Austin Eckler, here. He's a consensus 14. You've got him at eight. I've got him at 14. I'm right on consensus with him. So you see something in Eckler. He signed a three-year deal. He's the main man down there. He's a pass catcher. He RB6 um, in terms of yards post-contract. He um, was RB2 before Gordon came in. Um, he scores touchdowns. He gets a lot of catches. He's a playmaker. Uh, and who's going to throw the ball at the Chargers? Tyroid Taylor. What yeah. a joke. Like It's going to be Eckler's offense. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how Tyra goes. I think that's why I haven't really moved him. Like, he he is a talented a player, Eckler. And, you know, um, he was picked up, I think, in our draft last year, probably in the, I think it was almost the sixth or seventh round, something ridiculous like that. And, um, you know, could have easily become a league winner there. And I think the, the question mark for me is the quarterback, um, just the unknown of what's going to happen in that situation. What's Tyrod going to do? Uh, I still think he's he's a great RB two option for your team. How good is the team though? He finished RB five even with Gordon coming back last year. RB five, and you've got him at fourteen. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's just I just don't think this team's that good, you know. <laughs> and I, I I kind of question is like, yeah, he he definitely finished on top, and you know he's done the deal. But is he the only guy as well? Like, I mean. You know, there are a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of other people to consider on that team. Like, they drafted Joshua Kelly. He's a big boy. You know, like, he's, he's a very different kind of running back to, to what we see in Eckler. Um, very much in, I don't know, you know, that Derrick Henry kind of mold. So, I don't know, are they kind of indicating that they maybe want to try? Is there going to be a bit of a split potentially? It's yeah. obviously a fourth round pick. Justin Jackson's still, I mean, he's still in the picture. He's not, you know, in the picture, in the picture. But um, Eckler's clearly the number one guy. Um, it's just how much scoring this team's going to do. I think the the fear with um, Eckler is exactly what happened to Ty- Terry Cohen last year, where everyone was hot on him because he finished high, was a do-it-all, catch, RB type of thing. And then they just give the rock to someone else who comes in. So you kind of got that feeling, you know, Eckler didn't get big money. So they just see him as that pass catcher, third down back, and you take him in the 14th pick, and then suddenly someone else has got the carries. So, yeah, it's a and it's an interesting one, but I'm still I'm still high on him. The stats talk for themselves for me. Coming at 15, Todd Gurley, uh, consensus 15. You've got him at 14, so you're thereabouts. I'm a little bit lower on him at 18, and yet I love him. I like I love this move to the Falcons. I love Gurley. Who would have thought he'd be this low? He was the fantasy king. For two or three years. Yeah. You get him at one, he was a CMC. He was a god. Yeah. So Why do you like him at the Falcons? Well, the OC coordinators come out and said he's going to get 15 to 25 touches a game. It's his home state. He's fit and healthy. Um, I think the, he's going to have a lot of room to run. You know, Julio, Ridley and Hurst will keep the box unloaded. Matty Ryan loves to throw, play action. So... I think this offense made Freeman look good. Imagine what it can do for Gurley. There is bell cow potential here, right? 
bell cow for sure. Who's a second RB there? Ido Smith. You're telling me Ido Smith's going to take carries off Gurley? Yeah, probably not Ido Smith. Probably what? It's probably Brian Hill. Ah, uh, Brian Hill. Yeah, still. Yeah. It's yeah. There's not a lot of competition there, and if he's if he's at his best and he's fit and he's on the park, um, you know, he's a, he's another guy who could, you know, you pick him up cheaply and he falls to you in the you know third round, late third. Could win you the could you win you the season. Hundred percent. Imagine if you had him in a CMC. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sixteen is Chris Carson, Seahawks. Consensus sixteen. You've got him at thirteen. I've got him right on consensus at sixteen. You like him? Yeah, Joel. The stats here again talk for themselves. The last two years, only him and your man Zeke have had one thousand one hundred yards and nine touchdowns. Only him and Zeke. Not even Barkley. How many fumbles has Zeke had compared to uh, Carson? <laughs> he's a fumblebee, that's for sure. But he's the Seahawks' number one running team. Who's going to take the carries off him? Penny. He hasn't been able to do it for three years. He's injured. And Carlos Hyde is just six teams in two years or something ridiculous. I don't know why no one likes him. Um, but Chris Carson's going to, they love him there. He's going to get a lot of the ball. I just yeah don't see why they would move against him. So... Yeah, if, if you got in there, I think he's extremely good value that late second, third round. Yeah, look, I do think he's a great value pick here. Um, yeah, the injuries and the fumbles are the concern on mine. They're the question marks. Um, you know, they, they did draft another a running back in, you know, in the fourth round, DJ Dallas. Probably not going to have a massive impact this year, but, you know, through injury, you never know where opportunity lines up for people. Yeah, but on that, Pete, the first thing Pete Carroll said when they drafted him is, what do you like about him? We can't wait to get him to special teams. It's, they just love Carson. You can bank on him. Yeah, and like he was, he was, a, he was elite for a, a number of weeks. And I think sometimes they just lose a little bit of confidence for a few weeks in him. But like he's probably a really solid value pick where he is in the draft here because he was much higher last year, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, someone at 17, uh, Leonard Fournette. He's a uh, he's a guy you you got like good raps on him. Um, consensus seventeen. You got him at ten. I have him at seventeen. I want to be higher on him. You want to be higher on Fournette? Why are you why are you so big on him? Uh, just remember when he came look, pick four, good career at college, came in dominated for the Jags. I think what people forget last year was he was RB seven, and the Jags had no luck. He barely got a touchdown, and he was still RB seven. They get a new offensive coordinator, so I expect things to improve. They finally know who their QB is. Um, so, you know, I'm hearing good things. He caught a lot more balls last year. Um, so my, uh, my also uh, fear that people are scared he's going to get traded, I love that. Imagine if you see Lennon Fournette at the Philadelphia Eagles or a team that needs a running back. He will dominate. So I like to take a risk, and I reckon this one's risk it for the biscuit. And I'm banking on Fournette to uh, to come back. Yeah, look, I like Fournette. I would like to have him um, higher. Uh, I think the the things for me is that yeah, look, the team that he's on is you know they're not great. The Jags and like he, he he's safe though. Like you get a good floor with him. You know, you're, you're eight, nine, ten points out of a out of a running back at a minimum is like that's a good floor to have. Like you, as a as a fantasy owner, you don't want to be having a running back that can give you two or three points in a week, right? And let's not forget, we're talking about Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, and we're saying, will they get carries, you know, competition type of thing. You know Fournette's going to get 15 carries every single week. 100%. What he doesn't get are the red zone options. Three touchdowns last year. 
garden is too good. Garden manga <laughs> down there. <laughs> and that's, I think, the only thing that's really separating from from being in a top 10 position for me. Um, you know, he, he's got the talent. He just doesn't, and he gets the opportunity on the field, but not in that red zone, that last thing. You know, you'd love to, if he puts up eight, nine, ten touchdowns this year, he's probably top ten. And the other thing I was thinking about is the Jags' defense. Every single player has been traded out of that defense. So expect a lot of teams to score heavy and then Jags to come out, try and stem the bleeding and just give uh, Fournette the rock. So I don't know. Um, Are they going to do that or are they going to throw it? (laughs) Throw, yeah. Get another pick. Because that's the other problem, I think, with Fournette is he's not a massive pass catcher. He improved last year, though. Improved a little bit. But, like, you know, I think... The, the red zone ops and the pass catching stuff for him is like what really holds him back from being like in, you know, the top five conversation. And you know what Fournette smells of as well while I was thinking about this? He smells mm. of a player who loves a contract year, who dominates in a contract year. Yeah, look, I, I, like, I really like watching him play, so I'd love for him to have a good year this year. Um, I think he's a great value pick there. Um, the changing of teams throws a little bit of a spanner in the works there. Um, depending on where he ends up. Yeah. But yeah, look, you know, I do like Fournette there, especially if you took RB early and he's on the table for your RB too. If you were going RB, RB in your draft, I reckon he's a great option. Just, yeah, for me, remember his RB7 last year, so he seemed like a bust, but he was still top 10. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't hate it. Um, two of the next guys in the consensus ratings are guys we don't have in our top 20, and we're kind of, you know, we're at 18 and 19 in the in the consensus here, so it's not overly a surprise. Melvin Gordon at 18 and uh, the rookie Jonathan Taylor for the Colts at 19 here. Um, I mean, these guys were pretty fringe for my top 20 mark. Were they kind of in the picture for you, but not quite? I saw the headline, Melvin Gordon still suffering from altitude sickness and (laughs) threw him right out of that top 20. (laughs) He can't even handle the air up there. I mean, yeah, he was a stud, wasn't he? A couple of years, he was top five RB. Um, yeah, but what happens there? Was Philip Lindsay going to get the pill, or is he going to be Gordon? Yeah, I think that's the question, and I don't. I mean, I wouldn't say. I, I would say that maybe Philip Lindsay hasn't lived up to the potential that was heaped on him at one stage. So I think that's why it's left the door open for this. Um, that really seems like almost a bit of a running back by committee situation, and that doesn't really bode too well, does it? It was a weird move because they had Royce Freeman and uh, Philip Lindsay couldn't get that working and then you go pay Gordon um, and a weird spot for Gordon to go to as well. I don't know what's going on. John Elway doesn't know what he's doing at the Broncos. That's what I reckon. And I mean, the next guy, Taylor, the he's pretty similar because he's got Marlon Mack um, and Mack's a gun. He was 1,000 yards for two years in a row but um, for Indy came out of that draft and they were stoked. They were absolutely laughing with Taylor. They had him as a first-round talent. So what do you think? Yeah, they love him. Look, I think it's... If Mac wasn't there, then he probably breaks into my top 20. Um, but Mac's still there. I think, for me, that's as really as, as simple as it is. And unless Mac regresses dramatically, and like he didn't set the world on fire, but, you know, he was still, you know, serviceable. But apparently Taylor's a fumblebee as well. Well, we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> yeah. Bring the pressure of the big time. Um, consensus number 20, James Connor. You've got him at 16, and I've got him at 19. Bit of a soft uh, spot for me. It might be a bit of tension between us for this one because we actually traded. So I got Connor did. last year, and you got Juju. Um, and I don't think that really worked out well for either of us, to be honest. 
He's still got 14.6 games, uh, averaged 14.6 points in 10 games last year. When he was fit, he was he still got two touchdowns. He was a star of their offense because they didn't have any big bends. They just gave him the ball. He just couldn't stay fit. Um, he, the physique on the man is impressive, so you think he would be as fit as a fiddle um, as to be able to stay on the park. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm banking on the Steelers this year. I'm big on Big Ben. Juju's going to bounce back. Connor's there, so... I'm banking on him to go, you know, finish 16th RB. Yeah, look, um, he's always getting hurt. He's very boom or bust. Um, but there's no doubt that he is the guy at the Steelers. Um, it's really just if he can stay healthy. He can give you a 20 or he can give you a 2. Um, so if, you, if you're comfortable with that kind of boom pass potential and, you know, Aaron Jones isn't your other running back, then, you know, he's still a good pick at 20. This is the beauty that. of fantasy, isn't it? When you go on Aaron Jones or Connor, whoever you pick here, it's ride or die, isn't it? That's it. So that's the top 20 consensus. There's a few players. We've both got a couple of players outside of the, the consensus top 20 that we think are in. So for, for me, uh, it's Le'Veon Bell. I've got him at 20. Um, it's a bit of a stressful pick because the Jets are not a very good team. <laughs> uh, but again, he is the man. He carries the load. He was the RB19 last year. I kind of expect him to be around the same, to be honest. David Johnson is both someone that we've got in. Um, you've got him at 19. I've got him up at 15. Whoa, Let's 15. talk about David Johnson. Well, you tell me. You've got him at 15. You tell me, Joel. You're, you're hot on David Johnson. I just think this is a great value pick. If you went, you know, RB with your first pick, he's going ADP in the fifth round, you know. So you can have two running backs two receivers and pick up David Johnson as, you know, your flex option. Um, I think that's great upside. And I think if we can both agree, Houston didn't give up a second round, didn't give up uh, Hopkins to get in Johnson to not use him. I mean, they did make a lot of questionable trading decisions <laughs> over the offseason. Um, but, you know, DJ's also got a bit of pass catching value as well, which in a PPR, half PPR league is, uh, is valuable. You know, you'd like him to bounce back, wouldn't you? Like, it's a good story, like it. He's been, he's been good, not in the last couple of years, but for a number of years before that for fantasy owners. Um, the only other guy that you, we've got in our uh, outside of the uh, top 20 here is uh, Moster from the San Francisco 49ers. He is a consensus 24 pick. You've got him at 17. What do you like about him? I just think he rolls on from last year. I think he wants to get paid like an RB1. He wants the respect from the league. And I just think he just comes in here, um, rolls into number one, uh, they got rid of uh, Bereda. They've only got the only competition he's got is from uh, Coleman, and he's the third down back, not a bell cow. So I think he just rolls on there. And this team, I'm banking on them to um, go out, be up there again. So I just think he's top 17, top 20 potential for sure. Yeah, like if the 49ers kind of start scoring um, more, higher score games, then I, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. Well, they got the the 40 points at the. Superdome against New Orleans. That was one of the crack. It was a cracker game last year. Well, look, I mean, there's a lot in there. So um, why don't we just quickly recap each of our top tens that we are thinking for this year? Um, Mark, why don't you go down? Uh, start by going down your column. So I've got CMC at number one. Obviously consensus. Barkley, Elliott, two, three. Can't go wrong. The tier one of the the uh, running backs. Next tier, I've got Kamara, Cook, Henry. Just going to be Jets, those three. I think they're, they're good picks there. The next one's where it gets a bit interesting. I rolled the dice a bit. Chubb, Eckler, Jacobs, and Fournette round out my top 10. And I'm hoping for some upside with, obviously, Chubb, Fournette, and Eckler. 
And uh, who have you got in your top 10, Joel? So my top 10, McCaffrey, Elliott, and Barkley in the top three. I think they're kind of in the league of their own. Um, then you, uh, I've got Delvin Cook at four, Kamara at five, Edwards Hilaire at six, Josh Jacobs at seven, Henry at eight, Drake at nine, and uh, Miles Sanders rolling out my uh, top 10. So that's a little bit different. Um, I think of, uh, of both of our top 10s, probably the, the standout ones uh, for me is that I'm pretty, I'm pretty hot on Edwards Hilaire and uh, you're not. <laughs> um, <laughs> and probably Kenyon Drake is probably the other major difference between us, right? And last, well, yeah, and I think um, I just want to see what this first rounder does um, and see if Drake can back it up. But of that top 10, what do you think of the running back class? Look, it's really, it's solid. I think there is, there's elements of risks with every player. I know I think if you're looking at tiers, like the top three are in a tier of their own. And I think when you get into the Cook Kamara, like there's huge upside with us, you know, a little bit of question mark. When you're looking at the Edwards Hilaire, Jacobs, even, you know, Sanders, like you've got that potential to be great. And then you've got, you know, blokes like Derek Henry, where you probably probably know just about what you're going to get from him, right? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that's coming out of fantasy owners' minds this year is how can I find a bell cow? A lot of running back by committees, um, a lot of unknowns with Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley, um, you know, even Joe Mixon to a certain extent. So the question is, where to, I think, is where can you find the bell cow RB1 value compared to wide receivers? And everyone's predicting a lot of RBs to go early. Absolutely. Um, maybe one the final question to finish on here, Mark, is um, the big question for me is where do you take Michael Thomas? Like, I think he's widely considered the best receiver. Broke the receiving record last year. You know, at what point are you going to pivot to take Michael Thomas as opposed to one of these top 10 receivers? Uh, sorry, these top 10 running backs. So top five, uh, I'll stick to. And then once Cook's off the board, I think for me, Michael Thomas is taken um, there. The only other point I'm thinking is whether I take Kamara or Thomas. Um, two studs from New Orleans but Drew Brees is 41 Teddy Bridgewater isn't there as a backup anymore and they just do some wild formations with Taysom Hill and stuff so yeah I think go with uh, Kamara what about yourself yeah I think it's probably around the same for me first five picks uh, I might even take Derrick Henry um, but I would be you know probably taking him before Taking a, a Mike Thomas before a, a Chubb or a Jacobs or even Drake, potentially. Yeah. I don't know, I'm a bit undecided about that. It's like I really feel like uh, the running back, running back is the right strategy for the draft in the first two picks. But it's a toughie, isn't it? I think tune in for next week because when we go through to wide receivers, it's going to be really interesting. There's some players there, I reckon, with some potential who are getting looked over from this RB class. That's what... Uh, what I'm saying, I think there's some good wide receivers there that can give you some really decent value. That's it. Um, that about wraps us up for this episode. Um, thanks for joining us for our RB rankings. Uh, next episode up are our wide receiver rankings. Uh, Mark, until next time. Till next let's time, just, uh, Let's just, just keep pushing forward with this year and hopefully the, the best comes out of it. Let's go. Stay safe, mate.